A violent boom of thunder crashed into his ears after the jagged bolt of lightning lit up the dark sky. The instant flash illuminated three scowling wolves on the rock face, looking down at him. Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. Oh, and by the way, as you listen to this episode from the audiobook The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud, keep in mind you can download your very own copy of it by visiting www.audible.com. And you can find the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven on Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. On today's episode, we'll hear chapters 28 and 29 from The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud. And later, we'll head to Jenny's Corner as our story's author, Jenny L. Cody, talks about something we all have to deal with, and uh, we'll see a great example of it in Max today. So let's get started, shall we? Here's Max and Liz. Uh, merci, monsieur, but uh, it would appear that I am flying solo today. What do you mean? Flying solo is a colloquialism. <laughs> it is an expression that means uh, to do something by yourself. Yes, I know what... And also implies that mm. this is an unusual circumstance. Mm -hmm. That it is in contrast to working with, say, a partner or with a team. Uh, Liz, thank you. I know what flying solo means. Then why did you ask? I meant, why are you flying solo? Where, where's Max? <laughs> Je ne sais pas. Huh? I don't know. <laughs> I've been trying to reach him on his cell phone. Uh, uh, hang on. Okay. Hello. You've reached Maximilian Braveheart the Bruce. I can't take your call right now. He doesn't have voicemail. I didn't even know he had a phone. So if you leave your name and your number, I'll get back to you as soon as I'm able. And when might that be? Maybe an hour or two, just until... Oops. Busted. Max, what are you trying to pull? Well, I told you last time, I felt like I were getting some kind of bug. <laughs> you are not sick. I think you are afraid. Okay, have it your way. I'm afraid I can't make it in today. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not calling in sick, he's calling in scared. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Max, what are you afraid of? Well, I know what's coming this chapter, and it's not something that I want to do all over again. Oh, don't be silly, Max. It was just... Hey, Liz, Liz, uh, let's cut him a little slack on this one. Uh, wink, wink. Huh? Uh, Max, I don't blame you for being a little chicken. Oui, je comprends. I understand, for suddenly... I am a little frightened myself. Uh, me too, but, but, but we must go forward, right? No matter how scary it gets. Yeah, uh, no matter how, how, how scary it gets. All right, you two, knock it off then. All right, go ahead and run with it. I'll be there in a few minutes. <laughs> That's the spirit, Max. <laughs> See you then. Bye-bye. Uh, Boy, that worked great. It always does. <laughs> Dogs, am I right? Chapter 28 The Raging River Suddenly the ground beneath him disappeared and he was in midair for a split second as he fell off the rock face. Violently he rolled along the rocky slope, hitting every outcropping on the way down. He felt a searing pain in his left leg before he landed with a breath-stealing thud on the hard ground below. He could feel the warm blood oozing from his leg which would only serve to further arouse the wolves, 
They smelled his blood and sensed his fear. A violent boom of thunder crashed into his ears after the jagged bolt of lightning lit up the dark sky. The instant flash illuminated three scowling wolves on the rock face, looking down at him. They growled, teeth snarling and pungent breath stinking up the air around them. Their yellow eyes stared menacingly at him. There was nowhere else to run, even if he could have run away. He was cut off. He knew it, and they knew it. The leader of the pack lifted his head high, nose turned toward the sky. He howled at the storm to declare victory and the end. As the wolves made their way down to where Max lay bleeding and breathless, he slowly backed up to the edge of the cliff. His instinct for survival made his mind race, surpassing the speed of his pounding heart. The thunder continued, laughing at Max, confirming his hopeless thoughts that he was doomed. One of the wolves landed with a grunt next to the small, terrified dog, a low chuckle coming from his throat. The other two wolves joined him in short order, all moving in close. Instinctively, Max suddenly rolled over the edge of the cliff and fell downward, his back arched with nothing under him but air. The wolves watched from up above as their prey was lost to the black night out of their reach. Max's breath was knocked out of him as he hit the water. After falling for what seemed an eternity, he plunged deep into the raging river before struggling to reach the surface for air. The water was wild and cold, carrying Max along with the rushing current. His momentary relief of escaping the wolves was short-lived as the water pulled him down again and again. He panicked, struggling to keep his head above water. The pain in his leg intensified when cramps overtook his exhausted muscles. It was no use. He could not swim against this raging river. It would be easier to give up than fight. Max allowed himself to slip into the depths. Still, he desperately held his breath. His mind started to get fuzzy. He blacked out, lost to the darkness that engulfed him. There, I'm here. Are you satisfied, Liz? Uh, Liz? Uh, Liz? Uh, Mr. Announcer Lad? Uh, we're over here, Max. Uh, Liz, Liz, ow, ow, can, can, can you, can you just let go of me? No, I don't want to. Ow, 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 no, I really, I really need you to retract those claws of yours, those incredibly sharp claws. No. Come on. <laughs> nice kitty, nice kitty. That was so scary. And it's still getting scarier. <laughs> please, please let go. No, who's chicken, huh? Who's the 3D cat? No. Uh, guilty as charged. I'm sorry I got on your case, Max. Well, I forgive you. Now let go of the announcer, lad. Here, I'll help. Uh, no, no, no. Ow! Ow. You all right, lad? Mostly. Uh, pardon, monsieur. It's okay. And I will get you a new shirt. Thank you. Large or extra large? Uh, XL. Uh, listen, while we're stopped... Wait, you're not going to leave the story there, are you? Well, no, but, but while we're stopped and uh, recovering, I, I do have something to tell our listeners. Well, don't leave us here long, then. 
no, I, I just wanted to remind everyone that Jenny's got a new book out, her eighth book in the Epic Order of the Seven, and it's entitled The Declaration, The Sword, and The Spy, and it's now available on Amazon.com. I mean, you could get your own copy today. Oui, you can get it in the paperback, or you can get the Kindle version. Aye, you can download it on your swipey thingy. Uh, oui, the swipey thingy. Again, that's the latest book by Jenny L. Cody, The Declaration, The Sword, and The Spy. Look for it on Amazon.com. And now, back to our story. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Well, get on with it, lad. I want to stop being afraid here. Chapter 29. A Land Flowing. Max, you had a bad one last night. Your paws were moving like I never seen them before. Are you all right then, me love? Asked Kate, with eyes full of concern. Uh, I less, Max said, yawning from the restless night of sleep. Uh, it were a bad one, but it is morning now. Max squinted when he heard Jacques' loud wake-up crow, his head aching from lack of sleep. I tell you, Kate, if I could reach in and pull that voice box out of that bird... I'd do it faster than Al can eat a melon. Kate giggled. <laughs> well, at least you don't have to worry about avalanches anymore. Jacques is just making up for lost time. He had a rough go of it, not crowing for so many mornings. Just shake it off and let's get going. At least those paws of yours can run on the ground and not in the air then. Max looked at Kate, smiling whether he wanted to or not. She always had a way of finding the bright side of things. That was one of the things he loved most about her. It was indeed a relief that they were out of danger of avalanches. The band of animals had traveled through the Alps, taking the mountain pass taken by the fire cloud. Everyone was relieved to reach the lower meadows of easy rolling hills after the formidable mountains that challenged every fiber of their bodies. Looking back at the Alps in the far distance, they marveled that they were able to cross them without loss. Now that they were in flat terrain, the animals no longer suffered from popping ears or freezing snowy cold. Travel was easier now, and spirits rose. The bond that these unlikely pairs of travelers shared also grew. Having experienced so many hardships and challenges together, it was only natural for them to share mutual camaraderie as well. Of course, each one had some idiosyncrasy that caused irritation, but even those traits had to be accepted. Irritation is part of the blessing of diversity. So onward the animals traveled throughout the sunny day, laughing at each other and at themselves as they recounted the stories from their adventure. So where are we now, lass? asked Max as he trotted alongside Liz, surveying the low green meadows filled with lush grass and occasional wildflowers. From the topography, I assume we are in Hungary, Liz replied, also looking around the area for some recognizable feature. You can see that again. I'm starving, Al piped in. <laughs> no, dear Albert, Hungary, not Hungary, Liz said with a giggle. Al never ceased to make Liz smile. Hungary is a country. Well, whatever the name of this place, I'm still starving. Sure, and I say we stop to eat, replied Al, not allowing his lack of knowledge to deter him from his prime objective. See, El Gato is right, 
chimed in Isabella, already grazing on the tall grass. It appears that we must stop for a while, whether we are hungry or not. Look up ahead, said Liz, directing the others to the end of the meadow. In the near distance was a river. It wasn't as wide as the English Channel, nor was it as narrow as the creek Max had traversed. But it was a wide body of rushing water to cross, and that sent alarm coursing through Max. Not water again, he murmured to himself. Oh, it is a beautiful blue river. Do you know what it's called then? asked Kate, appreciating the beauty of this scenic place. I am not certain, Kate. I have reached the end of where I have personally traveled, but I have heard that a beautiful blue river winds through this continent and is called the Danube. I believe this is the same river. Ah, but it is très belle, no? asked Liz, sharing Kate's enthusiasm at seeing the beauty of the winding river. Let me down now, bull! Henriette ordered Don Pedro. Nodding his head out of respect, he slowly knelt so Henriette and Jacques could jump off his back. Henriette went waddling over to Liz and Kate, rustling her feathers as she stretched her wings. Mademoiselle, and just how are we to cross Le Riviere? Liz didn't answer, her tail slowly curling up and down as she studied the river and the surrounding landscape. The fire cloud was moving ahead on the other side of the river, bringing into question... How were they to follow the fire cloud? Rudy, Rosie, come here, s'il vous plaît, requested Liz, not taking her eyes off the sparkling blue water. The hummingbirds flew over to Liz, ever eager to help. At your service, senorita, exclaimed Rudy. Then Rosie corrected him. No, but it is senora now. Liz smiled as she looked at Al grazing the fields alongside Isabella, realizing that she had found her mate for life. Her heart belonged to him now, so Senora was indeed the proper Spanish title for this cat. Merci, Rosie. I need you to, to fly over the river and tell me exactly how wide it is. See if you can locate a narrow place for us to cross. Meanwhile, we will need to discuss our situation. The two hummingbirds took off to inspect the river, while Liz turned to discuss things with Max. Well, mon ami, you figured out how to cross the channel from England, no? Perhaps you have an idea for crossing the Danube as well? Max frowned. He didn't have an idea. There were no logs big enough for this river. And surely whales didn't inhabit landlocked freshwater rivers. No, he, he didn't have an idea. But he knew how to get one. Liz, I think you best be talking to the maker on this one, then. He is the one who showed me how to cross water before. Liz kept her gaze on Max, thinking about what he said. Why don't you ask the maker for us, while I look at the logistics of our situation? Perhaps we can uh, work together on a solution? Aye, lass, said Max, smiling. I'll have a chat with him, then. Liz nodded and turned to walk to the riverbank. Henriette and Jacques waddled along behind her. Kate turned to Max. Okay, me love, I'll be praying too. May the maker give you the answer we need. She kissed him on the nose and then went to join Liz as she inspected the area. 
Max sat there feeling the weight of the world on his shoulders. Not only was he responsible for spiritually leading this group, he was once again faced with one of the things he hated most, crossing water. Aye, here we are again then. Maker, I wish I knew why I have to keep taking this challenge of water. You know how hard it is for me after what happened so long ago. Still, you have shown me the way before, and I know you'll do it again, Max prayed as he watched the others make their way to the riverbank. He sat a long while, praying and waiting on an answer, fearful but confident that the Maker would provide a way. Boy, I sure am glad that scary part was just a bad dream. That's <laughs> because you weren't dreaming it. And then what do we see? More water. Oui, but you did the right thing. You took it to the Maker, and you trusted him. <laughs> and aren't it funny how the fear started going away, and the brave started coming back? We, oui. even though you still didn't have all the answers. Ah, but I had the Maker. And of course, Miss Jenny is the one who wrote it that way, right? And that makes me a wee bit curious. I were scared, I mean, for a wee moment. Uh, and I'll get scared a lot of the time. So then it's time to ask her ourselves. Let's head over to Jenny's corner. Aye. Uh, hello, Miss Jenny? Max, you seem concerned. What's on your mind, boy? Uh, this whole thing about fear. Why'd you have to make us all get fearful, then? You know, we're all scared of something, aren't we? Well... Every one of us has a fear of something, whether we put up a brave front and we don't want anybody to know, like Max. And that's a lot of pride coming in there, isn't it? I suppose. Or if we're just put our fears out there like Al. He is unashamedly <laughs> willing to show you how scared he is. And, you know, sometimes I think Al may have had it right. You know, it's okay to express your fears. You know, and to be honest with those that you can trust, you know, whether it be your parents or a close friend. Now, certainly there's times where we do have to put up a brave front. If we're leading people, imagine a commander leading soldiers into battle. Would you want him to show fear? No, not at all. So there are moments when it is the right thing to do to not show fear. But if the purpose is for pride, that probably wouldn't be the right moment. But I wanted to make things that Max and Al struggle with relate to you, the reader, and then you can choose how you're going to deal with your fear. And so you won't be afraid anymore. So there's getting past your fear. And there are times when you go forward even when you are still afraid. Well said, Liz. Ah, why must you do that, monsieur? I didn't scare you, did I, Liz? No. I was uh, momentarily startled due to the element of surprise employed by your covert approach. Hi, <laughs> yeah, that's telling him, Liz. I think. Pretty sure. Well then, what's happening next time, lad? Well, thanks for asking, Max. Of course, as we left it, our faithful animals faced a beautiful but treacherous river that would have to be crossed if they were going to continue to follow the fire cloud. But how that crossing would happen... Well, only the Maker could possibly know. Until next time, that is. We'll see you then. Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. 
To purchase your copy of The Ark, The Read, and The Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of The Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, www.epicorderoftheseven.com. That's epicorderoftheseven.com. See you next time on The Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us. Have a grande! Au revoir, mes amis! Always remember, you are loved and you are able.